If you want to achieve new things and set new records, you need new strength, but you need inner psychological strength. It's not physical strength that you need, it's mental strength. When you come out of that meeting thinking I bombed it, you miss the opportunity to see where you're getting better. Your ability to become more flexible in response to difficult emotions is going to have a direct impact on your voice, on your career, on your leadership, and on your confidence. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here, and now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. I am here with part two of my mini series on mindset, which if you listen to part one, which I highly recommend, part one is super critical for understanding part two. So definitely listen to it. Don't skip it. But if you've listened to part one, you know that I am such a fan of mindset work because it truly changed the direction of my life and my career. It's been the foundation for the confidence that I have built. It's the foundation of the coaching work that I do and the confidence that my clients build. It is so powerful and I want you to have a deeper understanding of it so that you can incorporate it more into your own growth and so that you can build new capabilities, expand your confidence, and really prove to yourself that you're capable of doing more than you might be able to imagine. Because the more you see that, the more motivated you feel to stretch yourself and grow and expand. I'm very pumped to record this. I'm already warmed up and ready to dive in because I was just recording podcast episodes for the private Art of Speaking Up Academy podcast. It's a newer part of the Art of Speaking Up Academy that I've created is the private podcast feed, which covers the entire curriculum and everything that I teach inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy all in a private second podcast, which you get lifetime access to if you join the Art of Speaking Up Academy. It is a wonderful and super valuable perk to that program because you get to take the curriculum and learnings with you wherever you go. And you have two podcasts to draw on, particularly for those of you that have either listened to almost my entire catalog or are on your way through it you get more and you get targeted episodes to help you develop the mindset and the communication skills you need to have a confident voice. If you feel excited about that, you should absolutely get yourself on the wait list for a future round of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I will link that in the show notes. But I just came from recording a couple of episodes for the private podcast feed. And so I'm ready to dive in for today's episode on mindset and to talk to you about some of the foundational components of mindset work that I suggest you focus on in order to grow your confidence and become more effective in your role. So 
in part one, I talked to you about what mindset is. And I used this analogy of steering a ship to its destination. Again, if you've missed part one, really listen to it. It will put all of this in context. Now today, I want to go deeper on what it actually looks like to work on your mindset, given that in part one, I showed you that mindset is at the center of your ability to be successful and feel confident. So now that we know it's important, that leads us to the next question, which is, how do we build our mindset? Now, the way that I think about mindset, the way that I coach on it, the way that I conceptualize it, the way that I build my Art of Speaking Up Academy curriculum around it, the way that I think about mindset is I think about the fact that there are different mindset muscles that exist within us. So just like if you go to the gym, there are different exercises that you can do to strengthen different muscles. I think about mindset as, okay, I want to be strong across my entire body. So if I want to be strong across my entire body, that means that when I go to the gym, I have to do some arm exercises and I have to do shoulder and I have to do core and I have to do legs and I got to do butt, of course, can't skip butt. And I need to make sure that I hit all the muscle groups so that I have strength everywhere, right? This is how I think about mindset too. I almost think about, and we can even like, to make this really visual, we can use the example of a brain, even though this isn't literally how brains work, I think it's just a useful visual. We can imagine our brain has like little muscles in different places, and we wanna exercise all the different muscles inside our brain so that we have a strong, well-rounded mindset. So when it comes to mindset, there's not one single mindset practice that you want to do. Just like if you're looking to build functional full body strength, you can't just do bicep curls because then you will be weak in other areas of your body. This is how we think about mindset as well. There are different exercises we want to do so that we're building different muscles. This is also often why people sometimes get stuck when they find one piece of mindset advice that exercises one muscle and their hope is that that will fix everything, right? So a really good example of this would be like positive affirmations. That's a really big mindset muscle and mindset exercise in the personal and professional development space is positive affirmations. And so what happens is people learn about that and they're like, okay, cool, positive affirmations. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to affirm positively and I'm going to focus on positive affirmations. And they do it and they do it and they do it. And they're like, how come I'm not being getting more confident? How come I'm not taking more effective action? How come I don't feel like I'm growing? I don't understand. Is something wrong with me? It must be me. And they often internalize it as something is wrong with them. Or they might think, well, something's wrong with the tool. Affirmations don't work. But that's like saying bicep curls don't work for building a well-rounded physique. Well, yeah, they don't work for building a well-rounded physique because they're bicep curls, so they're only building your biceps. But they do work for building a well-rounded physique in that biceps are part of a well-rounded physique. And so if you want a well-rounded physique, you have to do bicep curls. So I guess they don't work if you're only doing them. 
right? But they do work if they're done as part of a regiment. And this brings a really important point into play, which is that when it comes to your growth and the different things that you're doing to grow your confidence and find your voice and become an effective leader, you want to be doing things in the appropriate context, right? Bicep curls are valuable when done in the appropriate context, right? They're not valuable if you go to the gym and only do bicep curls and expect that that's going to change your entire physique. This is why, this is literally the reason why working with a coach, not the reason, but one of the big reasons why working with a coach or being in a coaching program is so helpful because it puts the exercises and tools into context for you so that you're picking the tools and exercises that work for the growth that you want to achieve. So if you're trying to build a well-rounded physique and you already have really strong biceps and really strong shoulders, but you never do legs, then you want to focus on legs, right? Or maybe you don't have any muscle groups that are really well-developed and you need a little bit of everything. And so this is why I like to think about mindset as this well-rounded toolkit where we're developing different mental capabilities and different muscles. We're doing different exercises in our minds and within ourselves. And each exercise builds out a different mental muscle. And it's a lot like functional strength, right? Because if I have a well-rounded functional strength routine, I am going to get stronger overall, right? So if I am working on my upper body and I'm working on my lower body, they're each going to get stronger and they're both going to make each other stronger as well. And this is something that I have firsthand experience in because I used to be a power lifter. I used to do really heavy squats, really heavy bench presses, really heavy deadlifts. It made me feel like such a badass. I competed in a powerlifting competition, which was so fun and so scary. But what I learned is that you want to have a well-rounded ability. You want your body to be strong and agile to do lots of different things because all of the different exercises that you do and muscle groups that you develop help each other, right? The body is like one big connected unit that gets stronger as the individual parts get stronger. So you can really think of a strong functional, like when I say functional, I mean like functional strength, like strength where you can like lift heavy things and do heavy deadlifts and things like that. Like you can think about physical strength as being the same as mental strength. Just like with physical strength, I want to be working on all of these different components of my body and then together I'm going to be super strong. Similarly with mindset, I want to be working on all these different components of my mindset. And when I work on all of them, then I become internally strong. My mindset is strong. And I love using the analogy of physical strength because a strong mindset 
literally creates psychological resilience, psychological strength. And I think that we all have a very natural, intuitive understanding of physical strength. And I think we can use this intuitive understanding to more deeply understand psychological strength and hence to understand the value in mindset work. So physical strength means that we can lift something heavy. We can keep going even when we're trying to lift it and it feels like we can't. It feels like we're not strong enough. Part of physical strength is not just that I can lift something heavy, but it's that I can lift something heavy even during the moments where I feel I can't. I know how to keep pulling, keep lifting, keep pushing so that I end up being stronger than I thought I could be. And mindset is so similar. Having a strong mindset enables us to stretch ourselves. So instead of lifting something heavy, we're doing something hard. We're, we're proverbially lifting something heavy, right? For you, that heavy object might be speaking in a certain kind of meeting at work. It might be taking up more space in your role. It might be executing way more fearlessly. But there's like a proverbial deadlift PR, right? A PR is like your personal best, right? So when I was doing deadlifts, I remember I got stuck like somewhere in the low 200s and I just like couldn't get past it. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I got stuck and I couldn't lift anything more. And I was stuck at this number for so long. And finally, I broke past it. So as a power lifter, you kind of have your number of like, this is the most weight I've ever squatted. This is the most weight I've ever deadlifted. That's your number. And you're trying to break past it. Similar for you, you have a proverbial amount of weight that you're trying to squat or lift, only it's not weight. It's a certain action that you're trying to take, whether that action is speaking in a way that is calm and exudes certainty, or that action is literally just speaking and just using your voice in meetings that feel difficult, or whether that action is being more direct and more assertive, right? There's some personal record, personal best, some weight that you haven't yet learned how to lift, but you're trying to lift. And in order to do that, just like you'd need physical strength to lift an actual weight, you need psychological strength to lift that proverbial weight. And so mindset work is just developing all of the different muscle groups that are going to help you lift that weight. And just like you want to have a well-rounded set of muscles for physical lifting, you want to have a well-rounded mindset to support you in the new weights that you're trying to lift, the new personal bests, the new records that you're trying to break, right? Again, those are just an analogy. Those represent the goals that you are stepping into that you have not yet achieved or crossed the finish line on. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you and I'm kind of using this muscle analogy is because in today's episode, I'm gonna talk about a few muscle groups that you wanna exercise as part of your mindset. This is how I teach mindset and how I approach mindset in the Art of Speaking Up Academy. We learn them muscle by muscle, muscle group by muscle group, capability by capability. 
And we're going to dig into some of those together on today's episode. So hopefully this strength analogy is making sense and clicking for you. If you want to achieve new things and set new records, you need new strength, but you need inner psychological strength. It's not physical strength that you need, it's mental strength. So here's how you go about building that mental strength. Now, I mentioned affirmations before, and that's a really, really big popular one. And I think in the world of self-help and personal development, that's one that gets talked about a lot. And it is useful. I'm not going to necessarily dive into that one. I think it gets so much airtime. And I'm more excited about the subtle ones that you might not at all be thinking about and that you might not have had as much exposure to. So I'm going to focus on a few that I think are going to really move the needle for you. So the first mindset muscle, this is so subtle. Most of my clients don't even realize they're doing this. Sometimes I don't realize I'm doing this, right? We all get lost in the clutter of our own minds. But the first mindset muscle that you want to build is noticing your tendency to create negative interpretations out of events that happened. So we experience things around us all the time, right? You go to work, you send an email, you're boss pings you, you do this, you do that. Like there are actual facts and things that happen. And then there's the interpretations we make about those facts. So an example of interpretation would be today was a really busy day. Well, that's an interpretation, right? The facts might be I had five back-to-back meetings. I had three hours of work to do. But labeling it as a busy day is actually subjective Because for someone who, let's say, works in like big law at like a top 20 huge law firm, having five back-to-back meetings and a few hours of work to do would be considered a really light day for them because they're like working all hours all the time. It is bananas, right? And so objectively saying it's a busy day is an interpretation. And that might very well be your kind of lived experience of what that day was like, but there's like a leap being made in your mind to interpret the fact. Now, this is a normal thing we do, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's how we experience our lives. We experience things and we interpret them. But where it becomes really important and really critical for your growth and your success in your professional life is when you start making wrong interpretations that feel very, very true to you. So when you said, hey, my day was really busy, that's fine. Like that interpretation is, it's what you experienced. It's probably not gonna really negatively affect you. But where this starts to get really dangerous and sticky is for example, when you lead a meeting or you run through a presentation and it's over, and then you ha- you experience in your mind an interpretation of like, I bombed that. That was awful. And what's happening, and it happens really quickly, is you took all of the facts that happened in that presentation and you made a leap and you made an interpretation. And the problem is, if that interpretation isn't totally true, but it feels true, you're going to feel really bad about yourself 
for reasons that aren't even based in reality. And you're not going to have a ton of emotional fuel to believe in yourself for the next time, right? So here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine that you gave a presentation and half of what happened during it was great. You walked through a key slide really, really clearly. You engaged your stakeholders powerfully. You answered an unexpected question effectively. So about half of the conversation went exactly how you wanted it to. And then the other half didn't. Someone asked you a question that you couldn't answer and you felt like you weren't powerful in responding to them. You fumbled through one of the slides and your audience got confused. You forgot to bring up a point that you had planned to discuss that was critical for you to share with your audience because you got nervous during a certain part of the conversation. Maybe that question that you couldn't answer threw you off and you got nervous and you forgot to say what you intended to say. And you leave that meeting thinking, I bombed that. That was terrible. Now, you didn't bomb it, right? Half of it went the way you wanted and half of it didn't. But when you say you bombed it and you believe you bombed it, you feel awful. And then you go into your next challenging conversation with all of those awful feelings because you're going in thinking, I bombed the last one, right? So that doesn't set you up to feel good going into the next one. And what's so unfortunate about this situation is that you didn't bomb it. You did half the way you wanted and half you didn't, but your brain and mind jump to, I bombed it. And so you're feeling bad for the next one, not based on what actually happened, but based on your negatively skewing interpretation of what happened. And not only that, but you completely skipped over the 50% that went well. This is important, not just to give yourself credit, but you need to actually know what went well so you can replicate it for the next time. So if someone asked you an unexpected question and you were able to answer one of the unexpected questions that you got, you want to look at why is it that I was able to answer that? When you walk your audience through a slide and it's super effective and it's clicking and everyone's getting it and it's going the way you hoped, you want to ask yourself, how did I do that and how can I replicate that? When you come out of that meeting thinking, I bombed it, you miss the opportunity to see where you're getting better. You miss the opportunity to see where you're building skills. So it's like you built those 50% of skills and then you come out thinking, I bombed it. And then you go into your next meeting and you left behind all of the learnings, all of the skills. It's like you're starting from ground zero every single time because you're forgetting what went well. And when you forget and you don't internalize it, it's much harder to repeat it, to replicate it, to continue bringing it with you. So it's like you go into this next meeting, this next conversation feeling really bad, not being aware of the ways in which you were able to crush it last time and, and not being ready to repeat those things. And so you end up slowing down your own growth Not because you bombed the meeting, but because you made an interpretation that you bombed the meeting. And I'm not saying that you have to gaslight yourself and lie to yourself and be like, oh, that meeting went amazing when half of it felt really rough. 
But what I'm saying is that like saying that you bombed it is just another form of lying to yourself. You're just lying to yourself, skewing negative instead of skewing positive. And so this mindset muscle is the ability to recognize when you're doing that because the biggest challenge with negative interpretations is that we don't catch them. They just feel true. And it's really, really hard when something just feels true for us to step back and investigate whether it is true, because why would we? It's what happened. I bombed the meeting. And so this is something that you have to learn to do (laughs) and train yourself to do psychologically is to notice where these leaps are happening, where these interpretations are happening, and to slow yourself down and get clear on the actual facts. Because the actual facts and the clarity on those facts is what's going to help you grow and evolve for the next one. So it is so important to notice where your mind is jumping to an interpretation and to be able to interrupt that and really look at what's happening so that you're not sabotaging yourself for the next meeting. And by the way, your mind will keep doing this. It'll keep saying you bombed, you bombed, you bombed every single meeting. It's when you finally interrupt that and see that your mind is doing that and approach it differently that you start to experience growth and change. This is a huge part of what I'm doing with my clients when they're talking to me and sharing things with me. I'm looking for where they might be doing this so that I can point it out to them. Because when you're doing this, it is really hard to see it It's like you're a fish in water. You're just in your reality. But as you build the muscle of recognizing when you're doing it, that mindset muscle gets stronger. You catch yourself doing it and you get better and better at not falling into the endless pit of despair that you fall into when your mind clings to these highly pessimistic negative interpretations. And that helps you grow and evolve and feel more ready and more powerful for the next one. So that is the first mindset muscle that I want to share with you. And hopefully you're starting to see now that it's about more than just positive affirmations, right? There are more muscle groups. I think of positive affirmations as like biceps, like show muscles, you know, like it's fun to have biceps. They're not super like They don't do so much for your strength because it's a very small muscle. So you can work on them and grow them and it's fun and it can feel good. But there's more to the story, right? So this is one of the mindset muscles, which is noticing your tendency to interpret facts and looking at where you're interpreting facts in a way that's incorrect and highly, highly negative. Now, this other one that I'm going to talk about is so big. And when this clicks for you and when you start doing this, your life will change. This is one that is simple but not easy. The next mindset muscle is your ability to recognize what emotions you're feeling and to cultivate the ability to respond to those feelings differently. So. In order for me to explain this to you in more depth, we got to talk a little bit about what an emotion is and our various levels of awareness around our emotions. 
So an emotion is a sensation that I feel within my body and within my sense of consciousness, right? Some examples of emotions are joy, fear, anticipation, satisfaction, right? It's a feeling that we feel. Now, oftentimes, we are not aware of what emotions we're feeling. And because we're not aware that emotions are there and they're driving our actions and our decision-making, and we don't even realize it. So this mindset muscle is about recognizing what we're feeling, noticing how it might be driving our decision-making, and then learning to make different, better, more empowering decisions even when that emotion arises. So the best way for me to explain this to you is through an example. So I'm gonna use the example of being part of a meeting that feels intimidating, a meeting where the other people in it are more experienced, have higher titles, they're at a higher level of leadership, and you are in this meeting, and you are frequently in this meeting, and you are wanting to become more vocal in the meeting. Now, what is likely happening for you is that when you're in this meeting, and you start to think about jumping into the conversation or speaking, an emotion comes up. A feeling comes up. Now, for most of my clients, and this is very likely true for you too, that feeling might be worry, anxiety, fear, vulnerability, feeling exposed, self-conscious, uncertain. So as soon as you consider speaking, contributing, that emotion comes up in your body. And as soon as that emotion comes up, it feels so uncomfortable and you don't always realize you're doing this, but what happens is you're like, okay, no, no, I'm not gonna speak up. I don't wanna feel more of this emotion, right? Like the emotion starts coming up, it's the fear, it's the uncertainty, and you don't want to experience more of it. And so you decide to stay in your comfort zone and stay quiet because that's that's the place where that emotion won't intensify, right? Like if you speak, you're going to have to feel more of the fear, more of the vulnerability, more of the uncertainty. But if you don't speak, then you don't have to go closer to that emotion. And so if you want to become more vocal in meetings, you have to begin recognizing when that emotion is becoming present within you and recognizing when that emotion drives you to the decision that you're trying to unwind and break the pattern up. So you have to recognize when the fear pops up, when the anxiety pops up, when the worry pops up, when the feeling exposed pops up. You have to first recognize it and then you have to recognize and catch yourself When you have that moment where you're like, I'm just going to stay quiet. I'm just not going to speak. It's too exposing. It's too scary. It's too uncertain. It feels too uncomfortable. You have to recognize that and you have to learn a new way of responding to that emotion because your old way, not speaking up or staying in your comfort zone, isn't working for you. It's not the most powerful version of you. It's not the woman or leader you want to be. It's not what's going to help you build the career you want. So this means that you need to learn 
to respond to the emotion differently so that you can take the action that you want to take. Now, where people get stuck is they assume that to have a voice and be confident means you never feel those icky, bad emotions. So as soon as they feel that emotion, they're like, well, I'm just like not as smart as everyone. Something's wrong with me. And what they don't realize is that leadership and confidence, it doesn't come from never feeling those emotions. It comes from being good at navigating those emotions when they do arise. I can speak for myself. I do not consider myself confident because I never feel afraid or uncertain or exposed or vulnerable. My confidence comes from the fact that those feelings don't get to make decisions that are going to F up my career for lack of a better term. So it's not that I feel amazing and perfect all the time. It's that when I feel scared, I can navigate that feeling and show up as the version of me that I want to be. Now, this requires practice, and it starts with just identifying the existing pattern, identifying the emotion and the existing behavior. And so often, people either villainize themselves for having the feeling and think it's a problem and think that their goal is to feel amazing all the time. And then when they feel amazing all the time, then they'll be speaking and they don't realize that that's not how growth works, right? So that's the first thing. And then the the other thing is that they don't give themselves enough time to cultivate this ability because just like building a muscle, you can't go to the gym once and be like, where's my perky butt that I'm trying to build, right? Like, you have to go day in and day out and over and over to even see the slightest change. And this is similar. You have to hack at it and practice it and give yourself lots of grace and space and time and and be just really generous and gracious with yourself in cultivating this capability because it is not easy to learn to navigate and face difficult emotions. That's why we stay in our comfort zones because exiting our comfort zone is really damn hard. And so it makes sense then that it would take us some time and some reps and some effort before we get stronger at it. But this too is a mindset muscle that we can develop. It's the muscle of noticing when our feelings are driving us to act in a way that we don't want to act and practicing being able to respond to our feelings in new and different ways. And this is truly what makes you unstoppable. It is truly what makes you the most powerful person in the room because when you can navigate a difficult emotion, nothing can stop you. Most of what stops us is how overwhelming and unbearable these feelings can be. But when we're able to bear them, and when they're not quite so overwhelming, there is nothing left to stop us. So your ability to navigate and respond to whatever emotion comes up in new ways I like to think about it as more flexible ways. Your ability to become more flexible 
in response to difficult emotions is going to have a direct impact on your voice, on your career, on your leadership, and on your confidence. And the beautiful thing is this is a capability that is universal that any human can build. It's just hard. But hard is not the same as only some people can do it. Hard just means hard, and you can decide how you want to navigate the hard. But I can tell you, when it comes to my own growth, this has been the hardest muscle for me to build, and by far the most valuable, wouldn't trade it for the world, because so much has opened up to me as I have built my own resilience and agility in navigating difficult emotions. So I will leave you with those two mindset muscles. One is noticing when you're making a negative interpretation of facts and an inaccurate negative interpretation of facts. And second is noticing when your emotions drive you to take an action that you don't want to take and learning to respond to that emotion differently. And I will say, if you want to build these capabilities, hands down, the best way to get better at these things and build these capabilities is with support, with community, with guidance, because you're fighting against your own mind, you're fighting to break old patterns, and when you do that alone, it's very easy to just keep getting sucked back into the pattern over and over and over because those old habits and old coping mechanisms and old ways of doing things are very strong and very stubborn. And it's when you have an outside perspective, accountability, encouragement, support outside of yourself that you begin to build the inner fortitude to break those stubborn habits, and it feels amazing. This is why mindset is at the heart of my one-on-one coaching. This is why mindset is at the heart of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, because it is your mindset that will drive your effectiveness and drive your self-confidence. I hope you love today's episode. I love talking about this. I will continue talking about it more please let me know what you thought of it. And if you want to work with me to grow your mindset, to develop all the different muscle groups and stop doing just the bicep curls, right? To like develop that resilient, unstoppable mindset where you can handle anything and where you have the inner strength to step up and lead, That is what I am doing with my clients. And I would love for you to check out my website where you can learn about working with me one-on-one. I will link that in the show notes. It's jessguzzitcoaching slash coaching. I will support you in doing this in a one-on-one capacity. And I also have my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy, where you'll get to do this mindset work with other women who have the same goals as you so that you can find your voice and feel more confident in your job. Thank you so much for tuning in. It was such a joy to record this episode. I'm gonna drop my contact information below. Please say hi, I would love to hear from you and I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.